You're listening to All right, what if we spoke in code? Like Morse code? Oh, yes, precisely. You can't speak Morse code. By code, I mean like spies. When they have code words for other things, you know, they don't radio into their superiors and say, okay, looks like we can invade Berlin now. They'd say something along the lines of, the soup is on the stove, or the doctor is ready to see his next patient. All right, but we can't just have Steve say, soup is illegal in Germany, buy war bonds, and expect people to know what he's talking about. Two. One. Coming right up. And I'll take two. Ugh, come on, we have been at this for half an hour. I give up. There is no way to follow that dumb law and still stay true to his cousin's letters. I'll wager one piece of bubblegum. But there must be a way. I'm sure there's something real obvious that we just haven't thought of yet. I'll match your bubblegum and raise you one dark chocolate. Bubblegum, chocolate, and five mints. All right, that's a bluff. I'm calling it now. You're bluffing. Am I? Yes. Are you sure? How much did you wager? More than I'm willing to risk. I fold. All I had was a pair of nines. Leslie, what's it gonna be? <sighs> okay, June's right. It's not worth the risk. I fold two. Pair of aces. Not really the best hand I've had today. Ooh, such a shame. Pair of eights. It was a bluff. What did I tell you? I called it, didn't I, June? I called it. Sure did you love good. <laughs> oh, hush. <laughs> if only outsmarting the government were as easy as winning six rounds of poker in a row. Next time, we play Monopoly. See if you're still so smug after that. Oh, a challenge. Ooh, I want to see this. Keep it down. I'm about to do a station break. What I wouldn't give to see her perform that in person. Of course, right now, Miss Vera Lynn is using her talents to give hope to the British troops who desperately need it. That's a much more noble cause than giving concerts across the ocean. Still, someday, when the war's over, I sure hope she comes here. But, I'll be honest, if I had to choose between her and this next group, well, you all know me. The Andrews sisters will win every time. Here they are, on when. What are we going to tell Steve? Did he say what his topic was going to be today? No, I haven't talked to him since yesterday. You're not still mad at yourself over that, are you? Over what? I said the war didn't seem real until Nancy said something about it, and then Steve left because, you know, that's his childhood home at the center of this. But he knows you didn't mean anything by it. We're thousands of miles away from the war, and we live in the middle of nowhere. And America wasn't officially involved until a couple of months ago. The only effects we've seen so far are setting the clocks ahead an hour and people being more careful with their tires. It doesn't change the fact that I said it. And he left right afterwards. Edna, you need to stop being so hard on yourself. I'm not. 
All right, this is going nowhere. I'm going to get back to your script. Ah, I see. You mentioned my script because you think it will distract me from the task at hand. The script is the task at hand, Nancy. And you've been at it for over an hour. It's not that long. All right, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but I am also trying to run a radio station. On my own, no less, since today's Aura's day off. And aren't you supposed to be helping Leslie and June make sure none of our programming is going to get us in trouble? I'll get it. Hello? I hope I'm not interrupting you. Oh, no, no, not at all. Come in, Mrs. Rogers. This is Nancy Wen, Leslie Bridger, and June So. Hi. Good morning. Nice to meet you. You as well. Leslie and June write our science fiction serial, and Nancy writes the music for it. Oh, that story from Wednesday night? Yep. Oh, that was a delightful story. We'll all be listening to the next one. Really? That's great! Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Oh, we all enjoyed it. My youngest, Ingrid, she loves all those kinds of stories. She was just glued to the radio the whole time. Aw, well, tell her we're glad she liked it. Oh, she loved it. I will be sure to tell her that. But first, I wanted to talk to you about something, Edna. I tried calling, but I couldn't seem to reach you. Really? Our phone was working fine this morning. That's when I called. I wanted to make sure I had the right number. Holland 1934, right? Right. That's what I dialed. But all I heard was static. Hmm, that's odd. That was this morning? Around 10 o'clock. Mr. Davis was able to get through to us at about 11. So if it was a problem on our end, they must have fixed it pretty quickly. And without us knowing. Could it be a problem with your phone? Our phone is fine. I was able to call David before I came here. Huh. That's strange. I'll have to talk to Aura about that. Well, what was it you were calling about? The new radio law. Ugh, that. (laughs) Our thoughts exactly. Stephen told us about it last night. We were thinking that before he reads his cousin's letter today, he should meet with you and discuss it. That way you can decide what would be appropriate to talk about this afternoon. That's probably a good idea. Actually, that's what June, Leslie, and Nancy are here for. They're trying to come up with ways to sort of skirt around the more inconvenient parts of the law. By that, she means the whole thing. Well... Yeah, pretty much. I'm sure they'll change it soon. At least, I hope they will. If the people of Rhapsody don't make them change it, I'm sure the county or the state will. The problem is, I don't think most people know about it. I never saw it mentioned in the papers, and we're not allowed to talk about it on air. And since we're the only radio station in Rhapsody, I don't think the village council notified anyone else. Can they even do that? Pass a law in secret? They just did. But can they uphold that law without consequences? That's the question. Maybe? I don't know. It's not a question I want to put to the test. A hundred dollar fine? We can't risk that. Not just the money, but the effect it would have on the station's reputation. We could lose the advertisers we need to pay that fine in the first place. The song's about to end. Any requests, Mrs. Rogers? (laughs) No, I have none. Play Danny Boy. See if we get angry letters again. Oh no, I am not playing with fire like that. 
I'll do sentimental reasons. You got angry letters for playing Danny Boy? Every time we play it, the same guy calls and says we've already played it three times that day, and he's tired of hearing it. We never play it more than once a month now. Oh, is there a particular time Steve was thinking of? He's scheduled for two o'clock, but he could come any time, really. He's helping his father and his brother finish a project for Mr. Sanders this morning, but he'll stop by sometime in the afternoon. I'll try to call you when he leaves. Sounds good. I hope that phone trouble earlier was just a one-time thing. So do I. Goodbye. I'll see you tomorrow, Edna. It was nice meeting you all. You as well. Goodbye, Mrs. Rogers. Have you... Wow. Busy day. I guess that takes care of Steve's segment. This well, is when Rhapsody's home for the greatest hits of yesterday and today. Edna speaking. Hi there. Listen, this happened a couple days ago, too, and I thought it was a fluke, but, well, I just wanted to let you know that there's something wrong with your broadcast. What? What makes you say that? Which one? Well, I've been listening to your station this morning, and a few minutes ago, I started getting static. Same thing happened on Wednesday night before your science fiction program. I tried getting a clear signal, but nothing worked. And now, well, I think you ought to hear it for yourself. You think we can leave it in? Wait, that's not... That's playing on our station? Uh-huh. Your frequency and your phone number, too, it sounds like. Yeah, that's very worrying. But it makes no sense. I'm playing music right now. And, and did that person say a 65 Oldsmobile? What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. Something similar happened a few nights ago. While you were talking, there was static, and then suddenly these same people were talking about insects and baseball and rocks. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Neither could anyone else. That, uh, uh I, I can't understand how that happened. I'm very sorry for the inconvenience, ma'am. Oh, it's no inconvenience. I just thought I ought to let you know. I'm sure it's harmless. Probably just some kids playing a practical joke. I hope you can get it all sorted out. So do I. Thanks for letting me know. Anytime. Bye. Bye. And you said that this affected your cousin's roommate? It did. He was a school teacher. When Germany passed that law, it cost him his job. And that law is still in effect? I haven't heard anything to the contrary. And no one fought against it? No one tried to change it? I think that most people, either they agreed with it, or they felt like there was nothing they could do to fight it. How could someone agree with a law like that? A law that allows the government to just decide they don't like certain people and then exclude them? It's terrible. It's like I was saying last week. After the war, everyone was looking for someone to blame. Hitler gave them that. The Nazis framed everything they did as a way to restore Germany to its former glory. Just look at the title of the law. Das Gesetz zur Wiederherstellung des Berufsbeamtentums. The law for the restoration of the professional civil service. Restoration. Oh. As if the civil service had fallen into decay and banning... Uh, um, people the Nazis don't like would make it better again. Precisely. That's what they were trying to make the public believe anyway. And unfortunately, I think that for many people, it worked. 
You see, when Hitler first became chancellor, people who agreed with him felt more empowered. Having him validate all their fears made them feel more comfortable voicing their opinions. People that my family had considered to be trusted friends started saying things about taking back the country from some people. They heard Hitler saying it in the newsreels, and they just started repeating it. And slowly, a little bit at a time, the Nazis turned a country of desperate people into a country of hateful people. That's not to say there aren't still kind people in Germany. I'm sure there are many. I know there are. But the Nazis just have so much power now that you can't hear the voices of reason over the Nazi screams of anger and hatred anymore. It's hard to believe that it could get this bad this quickly. Who could have foreseen any of this ten years ago? Some did. My father could tell things were getting bad after the Reichstag fire. I mentioned that on Monday. Right, I remember that. Hitler blamed it on a political group in Germany, and he used it as an opportunity to become more powerful. Right. When that happened, my father became more and more worried. I don't think he had any clue just how bad it could be, but he knew it was time to leave. He convinced my mother to move all of us to America. He was originally from here after all. So in April of 1933, we all left Germany. We stayed with my grandparents until we found a place for ourselves, and then by the end of May, we were settled here in Rhapsody. But your cousin stayed behind. He did. All of my family on my mother's side, they're still there. There was nothing for them in America, and they thought Germany would pull through. They assumed that the Reichstag decree would be null and void once the government decided that the group Hitler blamed was no longer a threat. But like the civil service law, it was never repealed. So, to this day, there is no such thing as freedom of speech in Germany? No freedom of speech, no freedom of assembly, and no private communications. Wait, no private communications? You mean the German government could listen in on phone calls and read telegrams? And letters. Every letter I'll ever read on this program may have been read by government officials before it ever reached me. I don't know for sure if they were, but it's entirely possible. That's... Wow. I can't imagine. Knowing that anything you say could be overheard, anything you write could be read by someone else, it... Sounds like a nightmare. It is. Well, it's a nightmare we are going to end, but it won't be easy. That's why we need your help, Rhapsody. You don't have to go out and enlist right this minute. You can help just by buying war bonds. We'll have more on that in a minute. First, I want to thank you again for being here, Steve. Thank you for having me. Remember, Steve will be back next Saturday at 2 for another installment of Behind Enemy Lines. In the meantime, here's the incomparable Kate Smith with God Bless America. Well, that could have gone worse. It could have. Could also have gone better. I felt so ridiculous. A certain political group. Certain people. We sound like gossiping teenagers, not news reporters. Are we news reporters? I mean, isn't that what we're doing? We're telling people news from Germany. News from ten years ago? But it's news to the people we're telling. I guess. Regardless of what we are, I agree. It's impossible to sound professional if you're talking about, say, the Reichstag fire, and you're not even allowed to say communists. Exactly. You know, when you brought that up, it caught me thinking. I think now I understand why you were so upset about the censorship law. This was sort of how it started, wasn't it? After the fire, when they took away the freedom of the press? It's 
sort of like what Rhapsody is doing now with the radio. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not exactly like that. This is one small town in Ohio compared to an entire European country. And I doubt that the Rhapsody Village Council is going to declare war on, I don't know, Toledo. But I just can't separate it from a memory of us leaving Germany. Do you ever miss it? Germany? I do. Sometimes. Not as much as when we first came here, but sometimes. Would you go back? If the war ended tomorrow and everything was back to the way it was before, would you go back or would you stay here? I... I don't know. I guess I'd stay here. Rhapsody has been my life for nine years. This is my home now. But part of me still wants to go back. You could spend half the year here and half in Germany. Oh, perfect. Now I know what to do if I ever find a million dollars in the street. Buy a second house in another country and keep whatever money's left to just travel constantly. Very financially responsible decision. Thank you. I think so too. Just take me with you once. I think it would be neat to go overseas. I've never left the country before. Actually, the furthest I've ever been from Rhapsody is... Uh, northern Michigan. Yep. Although we were just about in Canada, which sounds a little bit more impressive. Well, since moving here, the farthest I've been is Cedar Point. Really? That's only a two-hour drive. Working on a farm means you don't really have a lot of time for trips in the summer. But once a year, my mother makes a point to take us all out there for a day to go to the beach and ride the cyclone. That's nice. I haven't been to the beach in... Again? I wonder if it's that lady from earlier. What lady? I'll tell you later. Hello, this is Wen, Rhapsody's home for the greatest hits of yesterday and today. Edna? Speaking. Hi, Edna. This is Ilse Rogers. I'm glad the phone seems to be working now. But that is not why I called, of course. We were listening to you and Steven, and, well, it turned to static a few minutes ago, and now... There are these two young women that I've never heard before. They sound as if they are discussing music, but they aren't making any sense. I don't know how to explain it. Here, I will try to bring the phone over to the radio. Oh, dear. Mr. Lohman, clocking in at number five is the Righteous Brothers with You've Lost That Lovin' Feelin', followed by Petula Clark at number four with Downtown. The searchers have climbed up one spot since last week to the location of the night. And of course, the song we just played for you was I Feel Fine by The Beatles, which has now lost its spot at number one to the Supremes' Come See About Me. And that's what we're about to play right now, here on One. Is that you? Are you doing that? Who are those girls? What are they talking about? I have no idea. I got a call earlier from a woman who said she had heard something similar. It was just those same girls talking nonsense about winning a new car or something. I don't know how they're even broadcasting that in our frequency, let alone who they are or why they think they can just promise people a non-existent new car. They even gave out the station's phone number. I'm just glad no one called hoping for a new car because we are fresh out. I wish there was something I could do to help, but I'm afraid I'm as confused as you are. But I do hope you can get this sorted out soon, Edna. So do I. Good morning, Rhapsody. 
Today is Sunday, March 8th, which means it's Edna's day off, so I'm here in her place. I must admit, it's been a bit odd going this long without doing the morning news. After doing that just about every day for nine years, being able to sleep past seven this week was a foreign experience. Not that it wasn't welcome, of course. Speaking of the news, Village Council has announced that in order to discourage littering, they will be placing trash cans in Rhapsody Park. Jack Partridge, a representative from Village Council, stated in a telephone interview that Village Council has, quote, reason to suspect that the complete and utter lack of trash cans in any public space in the entire town may be related to the littering problem, unquote. Mr. Partridge also said he especially hopes people picnicking in the park will start throwing away leftovers in the new trash cans rather than, quote, leaving half-eaten sandwiches and such just lying there like animals. Who raised you? Unquote. He believes that having garbage in trash cans instead of scattered all around the park may do something to help the raccoon problem, which has become something of a safety concern for parents after last year's incident. In other news, the Rhapsody Police Department has announced that they now rely solely on automobiles for transportation. The last horse in use, named Ed, will be retiring at the end of the month. A curious accident occurred on County Road F yesterday. A witness claimed that, quote, a large queer car appeared out of thin air shortly before careening into a ditch, end quote. The witness said that the car was traveling very far to the right of the narrow road, and its right side tipped into the ditch almost as soon as the witness noticed it. The driver, who was knocked unconscious in the collision, has several broken bones and is currently recovering in a Toledo hospital. Police have been unable to identify him as his car is not registered and his license is fake. Here's where it gets strange, listeners. The car's license plate said it was issued in 1957, and the man's license said it was issued in 1954. Of course, this means the place and the license are fake, hence the police department's statement regarding the man's identity. But why would someone go to the trouble of making fake plates and a license, only to date them 15 years in the future? The police department have no answers to this question as of yet, but we are hopeful that when the driver wakes up, he will be able to provide some. That's it for the news today! Before we return to the music, I have one advertisement. If anyone is interested in buying a horse, 14 years old, 15 and a half hands high, well-trained and well-behaved, you can call the Rhapsody Village Police Department for more information at Holland 1912. That's Holland 1912. Alright, now let's get back to the music. Here's the Boswell sisters with St. Louis Blues, right here on WHEN. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do this every day anymore. Hmm. This is WHEN, Rhapsody's home for the greatest hits of yesterday and today. 
Hi, um, I called yesterday morning about, um, I'm assuming Edna told you this already, but I called about those girls that were offering a free car, and it was on your station, but it wasn't, you know, actually you. Right. Edna told me about that. Well, it's happening again. There was static when you first started talking about the car crash, and now it's given way to those same two girls from before. Only this time they're talking about a plane crash in Kansas, I think. I just figured I'd let you know, since Edna said you can't hear that from the station. No, we can't. Thank you for telling us about this. I can't understand how this is happening. All of our equipment is working fine. Could you keep us updated on this? Whenever you're listening to WHEN and there's an interruption, could you write it down or telephone us? It might be useful to have someone monitoring this. Sure, um, should I give you my phone? I feel like I should give you my phone number. That way, you know, if you ever need me to turn on the radio and check for issues, you can reach me. I'm sort of between jobs right now, so I'm home just about all the time. My name is Anna Marie. Anna Marie Watkins. Holland 2517. Give me a second. Watkins, Holland, 2517. Swell. Thank you. Hopefully we can get this mess sorted out soon. Good luck. Have a nice day. Thanks. And you too. When in Rhapsody was created by Julie Watson. This episode was written by Julie Watson and edited by Hannah Myers. The audio was edited by Julie Watson. The WHEN jingle was written by Julie Watson, arranged by Amy Galson, and performed by Anthony Wayne High School's vocal jazz ensemble, Generally Jazz. The Roger Braddock theme was written by Bryce Absher and performed by Bryce Absher. The voice of Edna Beecher was Claire McNerney. The voice of Steve Rogers was Alex Schultz. The voice of Nancy Wynn was Jean Lee. The voice of Ora Cohen was Min Kwong. The voice of June Stowe was Ashley Hamilton. The voice of Leslie Bridger was Haley Thompson. The voice of the first mysterious radio host was Katherine Collier. The voice of the second mysterious radio host was Hannah Dykins. The voice of Anne-Marie Watkins was Curiel Ward. When in Rhapsody will update on the first Saturday of each month. Between episodes, you can catch up with us on Tumblr at When in Rhapsody or on Twitter at WHENpod. And finally, thank you for listening. Take care, Rhapsody, and good night.